Hello, and welcome to the Dynasty Kings Fantasy League Podcast, Season 2, Week 10. I'm your only host today, as you can tell, since I'm now introducing this podcast. I am Ben. <clears throat> you know me as the Savage Salmon. I think Skaggs is traveling today. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I could be completely wrong on that. So he is uh, taking a week off um, and gathering his uh, belongings to another state or something like that. Who knows? Um, so it's just me, solo. Going to be uh, 30 to 45 minutes of goodness. Um, we've got some fun segments, and uh, it's going to be a good time. I'm excited. <clears throat> so let's just get into it. Uh, we always do this right away. We're going to stick to the plan for the most part. So we'll start with Taco Bell takeaway of the week. Um, just mine today. Uh, it has to be Mario Rogers being released from the Green Bay Pack. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, shout out Joe there. Um, no, I think the Eagles finally losing um, to a commander's team that is playing well recently with a new QB was probably the biggest storyline of the week. Um, I mean, of course, the Eagles are still a great team. Um, but the biggest question is, will they finish as a one seed in a hotly contested um, race for that seed with the Vikings currently? Um, they do have, um, <clears throat> you know, 1-0 advantage over them currently. Um, but are the Vikings really good? I mean, like, I, and at, when I say really good, I don't mean are they actually any good. I mean, are they actually a really good team? I know that they're a good team, but I'm wondering if they're actually a really good team. Um, I know it's Kirk Cousins, but, I mean, being 8-1, you can't say too much else. But, yeah, the Eagles losing um, and that contested race for the one seed. Um, and also, let's, you know, give a little shout-out to the Commanders. They're playing good ball here. Taylor Heineke, stud. Um, before I go for any further, <clears throat> now Taylor Heineke is my quarterback. He is one of my three quarterbacks currently. Um, he's probably number two on the depth chart behind Trevor Lawrence. At this moment, Russell Wilson is a distant third. <clears throat> so I have to kind of stand up for my guy here a little bit. I think this is a little outlandish by Andrew to say this, but um, here, let me see if I can get the real quote from Andrew here before I go any farther. I don't want to like misquote him. Um, make sure you tell the audience that Taylor Heineke is fucking dead to me, an absolute coward. I was, you know, I questioned why, and he goes, did you see the neo-flop? He described it as LeBron-esque little bitch move, will never be looked at the same. Went from a cool story, tough guy, to a fucking coward. Just make sure you guys know this. So, uh, just thought I'd, you know, get that off Skag's chest for him. Um, and yeah, you know, big, it's a big deal for Skaggs. I'm going to let Gigi in real quickly, give me a second here. Usually I can do that in Skaggs is, you know, talking, so it works, but here we are. Anyways, <clears throat> we'll get into the scores recap of last week. Uh, wasn't so good for your boy, so we'll just start off with your game really quickly here. Um, let me just get there. Uh, Golden Bandits, 102 to 81.5. Uh, <clears throat> Trevor Lawrence and Daniel Jones led him for the teams uh, for... Leading scores for both teams. Uh, Paris Campbell also had a very nice game for Anthony. 
Savage Sandwiches couldn't really get it enough from their flex players. DJ Moore had a pretty bad game yet again. Um, <clears throat> so, tough game. Uh, Golden Bands moved to 8-2. Savage Sandwich go to 4-6, and six, competing for that 6th seed. <coughs> Golden Bands, by the way, currently in 2nd place. Uh, next matchup was Scott's Tots versus the Larvis Llamas. Now, this was a little closer than probably the um, experts had predicted. Scott Tots uh, beat the Lenarvis Lamas 105.5 to 100. Christian Kirk put up a nice 26.5 points. Tony Pollard also scored 19.5. And Deontay Foreman scored 19 for Scott to lead him to this victory. Now, big surprise for the Lenarvis Lamas this week was Cole Komet. And maybe he's not a surprise anymore considering last week he also did this. But this week he scored 23 points. Um, <clears throat> Kadarius Tony. <clears throat> New setting, uh, 16 points there with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, so the Marvelous Llamas moved to 0-10. Um, now this isn't a huge shock for them. We kind of knew this was going to you know, be a tough season for them. But Scott's Tots do move to 7-3 seven, and, and currently in fourth place. <coughs> the next matchup was Pizzapalooza versus Bilbo Swaggins. Bilbo Swaggins beating them. 102.5 to 87. Uh, <clears throat> Pittsburgh does fall to 3-7 and seven, um, into 10th place. Kind of looking out of that playoff realm at this point. Uh, just another tough season for Dan. Love the guy, though. <clears throat> Bilbo Swaggins, a.k.a. William, who made a massive trade today, by the way, with Dan, uh, which I wasn't really prepared to talk about, but I enjoyed it. It's always nice to see a trade that I thought was... I'm not going to say who won the trade, but I think in all reality, it was it was pretty fair, pretty close to being even. I didn't think like one side one you know took it completely. Um, so it's always nice to see those kind of type of deals. So uh, golf claps to you, gentlemen. Golf claps to you. Um, <clears throat> but Dan just didn't have enough this week to beat Bilbo Swaggins um, behind a nice effort of C.D. Lamb. Jesus Christ, guys. I screwed this one up. Pizzapalooza is not Dan. It's Travis. Wow. I screwed this one up. This is why I need Skaggs here. So just ignore everything I said about Dan. Love Dan. We're going to get to Dan. But Travis does fall to 3-7. Uh, kind of expected for Travis, honestly. But he does have Justin Fields. And this is a Justin Fields podcast for so 42 points. Um, <clears throat> William did have 32.5 from CD, 21.5 from Saquon. Man, guys, don't do drugs. That was a bad. So, William beats Travis 102.5 to 87. Sorry, guys. I can't re-record this. I'm not going to go back. <clears throat> Next matchup, we're going to be extra careful home now. <clears throat> Next matchup was the Darren Narwallers knocking off the undefeated Moz Meatloaf, a.k.a. Snides. Uh, Zach takes him down. Uh, gives Moz Meatloaf their first loss of the season. <clears throat> Darren Norwaller's Zach's team is now 5-5 five and five and competing for that last playoff spot, the sixth seed. Moz Meatloaf does fall to 9-1, but they are in first place by a game currently. <clears throat> I'm dying here. I don't know why. Uh, Zach, though, did have a huge performance from rookie Christian Watson, who we have given much shit to on this podcast. But uh, we'll get that to that later. Also, Jonathan Taylor with 24 points. Devontae Adams with 22.5. Uh, 
Moz Meatloaf, Jalen Hurts with the usual, you know, 20 to 31 point, 30 points, had 21. Josh Jacobs had a nice game as well with 18. And Singletary did have a nice game with 14 and a half. <clears throat> Next game, now this does involve Dan. Sorry, Dan. Love you. Uh, and this also involves Rob. So, Dan's team, Bees Nuts, loses to All Mahomes Bowl, a.k.a. Rob, 107 to 72.5. <clears throat> Dan does fall to 3 and 7. He's in, the he's in 11th place currently. Rob is 5 and 5, and he's just competing um, as well for that 6th seed. Um, tough season for Dan. Been kind of a tough run for Dan at the DKFL, but I think he might be the most lovable guy in the league, honestly. Um, Joe Hammond probably up there. But uh, <clears throat> all Mahomes ball, Patrick Mahomes, 30 points. Monra, St. Brown, 16. George Pickens, 12.5. Daniel's team was led by Chris Godwin, 16 points. The next game was the highest score of the week, by the way. Bellify Island beating Skaggs Island, the Battle of the Islands. Always a great, great game. 152.5 to 108.5. Uh, Bellify Island had a huge week, a.k.a. Joe. <clears throat> and uh, he was led by Justin Jefferson with 30, Tua with 23, and Aaron Jones with 21. Skaggs Island did put up a respectable 108.5. Dalvin Cook, 22.5. Dak with 18, and Travis Kelsey with 17. Skaggs falls to 7-3. He's now in third place. He has been hit with some injuries. Um, we'll see what kind of happens there. Bellif Island does move to 5-5, five and five, and they are in that clusterfuck of six seeds, um, that six-seed contest there. So, hey, great week of games, boys. Winners, losers all around. We still love each other. <clears throat> Easy eye-opening performance of the week. Uh, it's just me this week again. So, uh, my honorable mention is Christian Watson. Four catches, 107 yards, three touchdowns. Just came out of nowhere um, and helped. Zach uh, win that game, this, win his game against this week and upset Snides. But the actual award goes to quarterback, Chicago Bears, Justin Fields. This dude has been on a tear. Travis has been by his side this entire time and stuck with him, and it's panned out. Now, he only threw for 167 passing yards, but he had two passing touchdowns. But the biggest thing out of all, was 147 rushing yards and two touchdowns, accumulating to 43 fantasy points this week. So, massive week for Justin Fields, and a shout-out to Travis. <clears throat> Reese's rookie report. Uh, the good was Christian Watson with four catches for 107 yards and three touchdowns. Unfortunately, this section is going to get a little Zach heavy. I hate it, but here we go. Um, the medium was Kenny Pickett. Again, I, I hate doing this because it's Zach, but he, Kenny Pickett was really the second-highest scoring rookie of the week uh, with 199 passing yards and 51 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, which accumulated to 18 points. Now, the ugly rookie of the week, and this is a league favorite and one of my personal favorites, and he's been having a rough time of, as of here lately. Um, that would be Alec Pierce. Um, he had zero catches for zero yards on two targets. He's kind of disappeared a little bit. Um, that whole offense has kind of disappeared a little bit. So, be nice to get see him get on track here soon. <clears throat> uh, our next segment. This one is getting funny um, because I didn't name it. 
but Skaggs named it after a, you know, slow white tight end that Skaggs doesn't like. And probably, to be honest with you, I don't like. But uh, now he's scoring like 23 fantasy points a week. And that would be the Cole Komet of the week. So this is just, this is just a funny name at this point. Um, we didn't have a ton of guys score zero. The one guy that did score zero this week uh, that like started was uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He had zero points. Uh, A.J. Brown had .5 points, uh, which did not help Snides go on, uh, to stay undefeated this week. <clears throat> Greg Dulcich did have one and a half for the Savage Salmon. Rough start this week for me. Anthony did also start Cordero Patterson, who had one and a half points, but he still beat me. Shout out Anthony. Love you. We're going to get to Anthony's diary later. You're going to be excited to hear that one. Rico's gathers of the week. It would be Cole Komet. Um, shout out Mikey. He's got a tight end haven right now on his roster full of young, promising rookies. Um, and Cole Komet has now put up 23 fantasy points for more of the last two weeks. He's starting to look like he's clicking with Justin Fields and becoming one of his favorite targets when Justin Fields throws the ball rarely. So uh, shout out Cole Komet. <clears throat> Looking forward to week four. Fab recap. We had Bees Nut Daniel Bees Nuts Daniel Pillager. Oh no. Wrong page. Budget summary, guys. Nope, that's still wrong. Offers report, guys. Offers report. Here we go. Golden Bandits. Anthony's team. Anthony. Picked up Nick Westbrook. Akine, Akine for $11, um, and he dropped, unfortunately, um, one of his personal favorites in Wazoo Legend, River Craycraft. The Darren Nallwarlers, a.k.a. Zach, picked up Tristan Ebner, Chicago running back, uh, for $9, and he dropped Raheem Blackshear, who I'm guessing he picked up just last week. Tristan Ebner, I guess, is now the number two running back behind David Montgomery with Khalil Herbert on the IR. For about four weeks or more. We'll see. Though the Marvelous Llamas <coughs> added, a.k.a. Mikey, added Demarcus Robinson, Baltimore wide receiver, for $8. I don't really know what's going on with that, but listen, Bosco's making moves this week. We Some some of us might be judging him too much on the Jacoby Myers trade. Bosco's got a plan. He's got a plan. He's always thinking like three steps ahead. He's got something going on there. I'm not worried about it. Next move was actually Belfi Island Joe team trying to pick up Nick Westbrook Akine, but not being able to do it because he bid $5. dollars got outbid by Anthony. <clears throat> but uh, Belfi Island did pick up Malik Davis, Dallas running back for a dollar, and dropped Kenny Galladay, who I just dropped. So you're just picking up my trash and dropping it right away, but... I'm going to be honest, I don't know who Malik Davis is, but uh, go Joe. He just grinds the waiver wires like no one else. And uh, <clears throat> last release, the last player picked up this week was Scott Stotts. Uh, Scott picked up Jack Stoll, Philadelphia tight end, for a dollar. I do think Stoll, is he the number two tight end now, I think, behind Calcaterra? Maybe they're splitting it, I don't know. But I think that's a good pickup. Solid pickup for a buck. He drops Andy Dalton, 
Very sad day. Very sad day. Um, oh, there was one more, and that was for $0, actually, and that would be William picking up Joshua Kelly, Los Angeles Chargers running back, um, for $0, and he dropped Noah Brown. Joshua Kelly, been around for a while. It'll be interesting. Um, and Belf Island was unsuccessful uh, picking up Justice Hill for a dollar because he picked up Malik Davis for a dollar instead. So great week on the Fab this week, guys. Keep it up. Just you guys are awesome. So awesome. Um, my fabulous edition of the week was Tristan Ebner for nine dollars to Zach. God damn it! I hate doing this because I hate Zach. <coughs> But I do like Tristan Abner. I do think he's a solid player, solid running back. And it'll be interesting to see what he can do in a backup role. All right, week four matchups, guys. Let's get to those really quickly here. This is a huge week for the league. It's going to, uh, I think, open up some playoff spots, some playoff opportunities, and some opportunities for uh, maybe some future trades here very soon because some teams have just decided... It is over, and time to move on. But let's get to the matchups of this week. Uh, the first matchup, this is a big matchup for your boy, and that would be the Bel Belfa Island, a.k.a. Joe versus me, the Savage Salmon. Uh, Belfa Island is currently projected 96.9 points, uh, about 97 points, and I am projected to have 86.5, so Joe's up there. Um, but if I can pull it off, it will get really interesting. If Joe wins... He's getting he's he takes another step to making the playoffs and defending his title. And uh, I lose. I'm uh, possibly looking to make some trades. We'll see. Next matchup would be the La Marvelous Llamas versus Bill Bell Swaggins, aka Bosco versus William. Uh, <clears throat> La Marvelous Llamas are 0 10, kind of expected. Bill Bell Swaggins though is fighting for his playoff spot playoff spot at four and six. Um, he is projected to win here, and I'm not. I haven't checked everyone's uh, exact lineups. Mikey still might have some toying to do with his lineup, but the current projection is 104.9 to 62.6. Would be a big win for William if he wins this week. It would be a big win for Lamar's Llamas if they get their first one. It'd be interesting. Now this might be the prime time matchup of the week. And that would be Maz Meatloaf, a.k.a. Nick Snyder, versus Scott's Tots, a.k.a. Scott. And this would be a, a big matchup of two teams that are playing well at this point of the season, even though Maz Meatloaf just lost their first game. Uh, Maz Meatloaf is 9-1. Uh, Scott's Tots is 7-3. Maz Meatloaf is projected to, be, uh, is projected to score 119.5 points. Scott's Tots is projected to score 93.6. So Maz Meatloaf definitely has... Um, some leeway there according to the projections, but uh, as we know, projections never really mean shit. So Scott has a serious chance here to uh, potentially climb up and try to chase that first seed. That would get interesting, huh? <clears throat> Our next matchup is the Golden Bandits, a.k.a. Anthony Frenzy, versus Travis Hansen, a.k.a. Pizzapalooza. Uh... Listen, Golden Bandits would love to keep winning here. Um, see if they can tie Snides, you know, for the lead, uh, for the league lead and wins. Um, they are projected to win 114.7 to 77.6. So we will see what happens. 
Uh, it will be interesting to see if uh, Travis. I, I, mean, I think I don't think it's gonna be interesting. I think Travis keeps rolling with Justin Fields, and we'll see if he pulls off an upset this week. The next matchup is All Mahomes Ball, aka Robbie Blair, versus Darren Narwallers, aka Zach. Now this is a huge matchup to between two five and five teams. Um, this will probably be a, a key matchup later on for playoff seeding um, on whoever makes this and whoever doesn't make it, or if both make it and see whoever sees get what seed. Um, but the current projection is very close. All Mahomes Ball is projected to beat Darren Narwallers eighty-seven to eighty-two in a just a grinded out matchup. Um, so it'll be interesting. I'm very excited to see what happens here. <clears throat> Our last matchup of the week is Skaggs Island versus Bees Nuts, a.k.a. Skaggs versus Daniel. Now, Skaggs Island is 7-3. Bees Nuts is 3-7. Skaggs Island is struggling with some injuries this week. Cooper Cup, to name one big one off the top of my head that I can know of. But they are still projected to win here, I'd say sizably, uh, 107 to 86.1. Now, again, projections don't always mean everything, so we'll see what happens. But uh, if Skaggs can keep winning, go to 8-3, and that would be big for his, you know, getting like a top three seed, or maybe even a top two seed and getting a bye. Um, if Bees Nuts win, you never know. He might have a shot too. You just never know. And that is it for week four matchups. We will move on to Dynasty Prospect Preview presented by Duracraft Boats. Make sure to find your local retailer that sells Duracraft Boats online and uh, get one for the winter. I hear uh, the bass and the salmon are out there, plentiful, and uh, ready to be fished and eaten off of a Duracraft boat, of course. Anyways, let's get into the prospects for this week. Um, this first one is actually one that I kind of honestly just found out about recently. And that would be uh, Lou Nichols III, running back, Central Michigan. Uh, he's 5'10", 220 pounds. Should run 4'5", 4'6", 40. Just, you know, combine or whatever he runs pro day. Now, he's coming off an injury. He's played injured this season. So his numbers are kind of down. He's been playing through some injuries and just playing tough ball. Um, but he's got 106 carries for 160 carries for 561 yards. He's only averaging 3.5 yards per carry this year. But again, battling, battling injuries. Um, now, this is why his draft, you know, his draft stock is up and why he is going to get drafted. In 2021, he rushed for over 1,800 yards while averaging 5.5. 5.4 yards per carry. He had also 16 rushing touchdowns. Now, it doesn't stop there. This is a very nice bonus here and something that evaluators in the NFL and us are going to look at playing full. He also caught 40 balls for 340 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, that you know that crazy year of 1,800 rushing yards. So, I mean, yeah, that's some NFL hands right there. Um, he also uh, caught... Yeah, so at 220 pounds, he's not uh, not as much of a bruiser as you think he would. 
He's more of a one-cut type of guy with some serious acceleration after that cut. Um, and then adding that receiving talent that he, had, he has, he's probably a top 75 pick in the real draft and probably a top 24 pick in our league. Um, I assume that he will shoot up fantasy draft boards as that season gets closer. The next dynasty draft prospect would be now, this is a tight ends league, so we got to talk about a tight end here. That would be Dalton Kincaid. Kincaid. You guys know I'm not good at this, so I'm probably pronoun- I'm probably screwing it up. But tight end out of Utah, 6'4", 240. Should run a 4'6", 4'7", so he's not exactly fast. Um, but he's quick out of his route, which, you know, quick in short spaces. Um, he's currently the NCAA tight end leader in receptions, yards, and TDs. He's a fifth-year senior, um, has four years of over 350 yards and eight touchdowns. He's a touchdown machine with 34 career touchdowns. He's definitely a receiving tight end that can't exactly block, but he's a deep threat and a touchdown threat often with him being such a mismatch against defenses. I assume that he'll probably go top 100 in the draft, top 125 in the real draft. And I think he'll be gone within the first 30 picks of our draft. He's such a mismatch for defenses. And all those, you know, touchdowns in college, it has to translate somewhere in the NFL. So uh, I think he'll be a nice pick in our league. Ben's Betting Corner, presented by Bassin Robbins. Honestly, some ice cream sounds kind of good right now. I'm going to make myself a shake tonight. I made myself a strawberry milkshake the other week. Oh, damn, was that good. Wow. But anyways, I do have a bet for you guys this week. And uh, <clears throat> it's lost some of its value. You know, we're mid, you know, we're past midway you know, point through the NFL season. Um, I got it at plus like 20, at like plus 2,000 at the beginning of the year before the season started. But I still think it's great value right now. And that would be Mike McDaniel in AP Coach of the Year at plus 700. I truly think that Tua will be a top three MVP. MVP candidate by the end of the year and that the Dolphins could finish first in the East with 12 plus wins. If that happens, I think he's the best value bet on the board right now. If that, if all of that happens, that's a big cash out. And I really do think that could happen. The two, a top three MVP, I think is very possible. I think the Dolphins finishing in first, you know, they're going to be competing with the bills for sure. But if they can beat the bills coming up in, like three weeks for them, man, that would be huge. And looking at the rest of the Dolphins' schedule, it's not exactly tough, I would, I would say. They've got, I would say, four guaranteed wins on there. So they got to at least finish with 11 wins, if not more. And if they can finish with 12, two as a top three MVP candidate, and they're right there in the thick of things with the Bills, Mike McDaniel is a plus 700. That sounds like a nice value bet. So just, you know, letting the guys know, letting the homies know. Mike McDaniels, plus 700 to win AB Coach of the Year. Now, let's get to primetime pick'em standings. Uh, Skaggs did send him his picks this week. Ah, stay hydrated, my friends. Wow, that's good. Skaggs did send in some picks this week. Um, last week, I went 2-1. Uh, and one. I won the Chargers and Commanders and lost the Falcons. I'm not, and I am now 11 and 11 on the season. Uh, guest picker. I don't think we had one last week, but they are 
at six and ten currently. And the last thing this I copied this and it said Zach went zero and three, but I don't think that actually happened last week. I think that happened the week before. But I think it's fun to think that Zach went zero and three again. Uh, Skaggs though did make picks last week and he went two and one as well. Um, he won on the Chargers and the Commanders as well, and lost on the Falcons as well. And he moved to 13-12 and 12 on the season. This week we've got Thursday Night Football, Tennessee at Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay is favored by three points. <clears throat> Both Skaggs and I have selected Tennessee plus three here. Uh, my reasoning is I think, uh, yeah, Green Bay is playing well. I think they even might win this game. But... I think that somehow the Titans cover that three points. I know it's small, but Vrabel always you know, keeps it so close, so competitive. Um, so I think I'm going to take the three and uh, see what happens. So give me the Tennessee Titans plus three. Sunday night football, we've got Los Angeles Chargers at Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs are favored by six and a half points. Uh, I chose, well, let's just go with Skaggs here. Skaggs went with uh, KC minus six and a half. I went with the Chargers plus six and a half. Now, I'm a Chargers simp. Have been for a while, probably since they just they drafted Justin Herbert. But I do think this being a in-division game, um, a rivalry game at some points, I think that six and a half is a little too much for me. I think that Chargers can cover... Six, maybe even like four. Um, I think they have enough firepower to keep up with the Chiefs. Um, and I think their defense is good enough to keep the Chiefs somewhat in check. Uh, Kansas City, I think, still wins the game. But I think the Chargers do cover that six and a half points. Monday Night Football. Uh, this would be, uh, you know, your San Francisco 49ers. I know some of you guys are fans of that team. I don't know why, but... Uh, at the Arizona Cardinals, I know Snyder's a team fan of that team, but let's be honest with you, that team really sucks. And currently, and this, by the way, this game is being played in Mexico, Monday Night Football. And currently, Arizona are eight-point underdogs. Uh, I am going with San Francisco minus eight here. Um, I think that Arizona... They're just not good. They're really bad. And I think that the Niners, on both sides of the ball, especially in the trenches, could dominate this game. Like, absolutely dominate this game. And just cause mayhem for whoever is playing quarterback for the Cardinals on Sunday, or on Monday night. Um, so I do think the Niners could crush the, uh, the Cardinals on Monday night. So give me the Niners minus eight. Skaggs went with the Cardinals plus eight. He's a big Cliff Kingsbury guy. He's made that known. He likes the swag, likes the style. So Skaggs, Arizona, Cardinals plus eight. Monday Night Football. Now, <clears throat> the next segment is controversial. Um, it was canceled a couple weeks ago due to his comments that weren't directed at Andrew Skaggs, Commissioner Andrew Skaggs, but upset Andrew Skaggs, Commissioner Andrew Skaggs, and uh, Anthony said something, I don't know even what he said, but it, the segment was cancelled. But since Andrew's not here tonight, 
I decided to bring it back. I've been told that I should probably change the name of this from Anthony's Diary to something else. I... Skaggs came up with something. Let's use it. Tony's Talking Points. And I think this is a good one for tonight because Tony, a.k.a. Anthony, asked us, me, some questions. And uh, I think they're fun questions. Let's get into these. Anthony asks, which QBs in the NFL would you most like to do drugs slash drink with? Now, personally, I'll be honest with you, I don't drink much anymore. I used to drink back in the day, but now I just suck at it and I don't drink and I puke every time, so I don't drink much. But I do enjoy my marijuana on a daily basis and other recreational drugs on a more occasional basis, I would say. So this question, I'm probably going to be looking for someone to to smoke some weed with, just, you know, hang out, smoke some weed with, take shrooms with for a couple hours, you know, for the day maybe, and also say, let's go to the bar with, you know, for the night and hang out with and grab a couple drinks, because I can do that, no big deal. So let's start with smoke marijuana with. Um, This was very close, and I almost went with Anthony's boy and former Marine Catholic grad, Jared Goff, who I think is a very chill guy and probably has smoked some weed in the day. But I'm going to lean towards my boy Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert is incredibly chill and probably has smoked before at some point. Um, but I just feel like we could, you know, just sit there, smoke some weed, listen to some Bob Marley, play some FIFA, order some pizza, and pass out by 10 p.m. because we're just too high. Um, and I'm sure Justin Herbert would be up by, you know, 5 a.m. the next day, ready to work out. I'd still be sleeping, but just feel like, you know, we'd have a good night together, Justin Herbert and I, in a non-gay way, of course. That just started sounding gay, so I want to make sure that, you know, was in there. But, uh, yeah, I'd smoke I'd smoke some marijuana with Justin Herbert, for sure. Um, as for doing shrooms with, now, this one, I think, was an easy choice. I can only imagine the things that Jameis Winston would do and say under shrooms, under the influence of shrooms. Uh, it might be a too, it might be a bit too much at times for me because I'll be just completely, you know, whacked out of my mind and not want to hear it. But I think it will be a sight to behold, and it will have so many stories to provide in the future. So I'm doing shrooms with Jameis, no doubt. As for go to the bars with I'm going with I think maybe the second best quarterback in the league and that would be Josh Allen I feel like he's adapted well to that Buffalo lifestyle Um, and I just feel like he can put down a couple drinks and be kind of like a bar favorite at many establishments just with his presence just seems like a type of guy that big energy vibes good guy um, so, yeah, Josh Allen, let's hit up the bar sometime, you know, pick up some ladies. Sound good? Now, next question, one more question from Anthony, and this one I thought was maybe one of his better ideas of all time. And the question was, what are NFL team comparisons for each DKFL team? This took some thought process, but man, I enjoyed it. Please don't get offended. 
about anything. Most of it was just ingest fun, um, but also you know trying to base it on wins and losses and championships. But anyways, I'm gonna start with myself. I know I probably shouldn't even do this for myself, but I am. And so myself, Ben, the Savage Salmon, we'll go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Listen, when we were named the Ohio State, we were there before. We made two championships, lost two in a row. And the last couple of years have been rough, but I think there's a nice young core here um, with a coach who knows how to mold young talent and young men. That's me. Um, like Mike Tomlin does. Um, and I think they're on the rise. I'm on the rise. So, Ben, Savage Salmon, Pittsburgh, Steelers. Snipes. Maz Meatloaf. Baltimore Ravens. Listen, Snipes is a fun team. Baltimore Ravens are a fun team. But, they're both teams that just haven't quite won it all yet. Um, and they're always winning. They're always having fun. But just haven't quite got to that championship pinnacle yet. So it'll be interesting to see if this year if uh, Snides can change that narrative. But Snides, Maws, Meatloaf, comparison, Baltimore Ravens. All right, Anthony, you asked for it, so here we go. Anthony, the Golden Bandits comparison is the L.A. Rams. Now, Anthony, you have pretty much mortgaged your entire future for your team right now. Kind of like the Rams. Actually, pretty much exactly like the Rams. And it's good. Your team has worked out. Their team has worked out. But there have been some pitfalls for the Rams. I think you can sense some pitfalls for your team in the future, maybe at some point. But you're currently winning. And they're losing. But they won a lot. And your team wins a lot. Mortgage in the future. Also... Anthony, let's just be honest. You're just a flashy guy. That's a flashy team in L.A. It just makes sense. Skaggs Island. Andrew Skaggs, the GOAT commish. His comparison, his team's comparison, are the Buffalo Bills. A very good team, and this is, I'm talking about the present Buffalo Bills, you know, the last five, six years. A very good team year in, year out. Um... As he says, he's he's not doesn't have loser DNA. He always wins, you know, games, um, but doesn't quite have that championship DNA. Hasn't quite reached the pinnacle of a championship yet. Um, but he is one of the favorites this year. And also, let's be honest with you, Buffalo, Buffalo equals grit, and Skaggs equals grit. So it just makes sense in my eyes. This is one of my personal favorites. And this would be Scott and his team Scott's Tots comparison, and that would be the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Scott is a great communicator, just like Pete, and has rallied his team through a great season, um, just like Pete and the Seahawks. Um, Scott's Tots and the Seahawks might not always be the number one teams, but they're compelling at times. And Scott is just Seattle to a T. You know, he's just he's just Seattle to a T. The way he he likes his coffee, he likes his beer. It's just Seattle to a T. So Scott. Seattle Seahawks. Love you, Scott. Don't get mad at me. Uh, Bellify Island, a.k.a. Joe. His team's comparison, now he's going to love this one, but this was, I, honestly, this is this was a good fit. And it's the Green Bay Packers. Um, an older team that has lagged at times this season and lagged at times in the past, 
but has shown li- has shown signs of life, and they've each won a championship at one point in their life. So I'm going with Joe, Green Bay Packers. Zach is the next team, the Darren Narwallers. And uh, I like this comparison a lot as well, and that would be the New England Patriots. He's always clinging to his old titles, trying to stay relevant. Meanwhile, his team is struggling, and, and I hate it. Um, actually, they're not struggling because they're 5-5, five and five, which I even hate more. But he's the New England Patriots, you know? So, yeah. Zach, New England Patriots. Two more. Rob, all Mahomes ball. His team's comparison would be the San Francisco 49ers. Won a title a couple years ago, but it hasn't been back since. But it has always been a competitive team, even when he was doubted, just like how Kyle Shan likes it, of course. Um, so, yeah. And then William. Oh, wow, we got a lot more, not just two more. I, I missed a page. William Bilbo Swaggins, a.k.a. William. His team's comparison is the L.A. Chargers. Always seems like he might be on the cusp of greatness, but just can't quite make it. But his team still has some swag and talent, of course, just like William. Travis Pizzapalooza. His team's comparison are the Chicago Bears. Hasn't had a ton of success, but has had a couple of good seasons here and there. Seems like it might be a team on the rise, just like the Bears. With a future QB as well, a future franchise QB. Justin Fields, we will see. Chicago Bears might be on the rise too. You just never know with Justin Fields. Now we got two more. Dan Bees Nuts, uh, a fan favorite of Andrew Skaggs team. You know, team fan favorite of Andrew Skaggs. Um, listen, don't get upset, but your team comparison is the Detroit Lions. Uh, I love you, Dan, but it's been tough sledding for you in the DKFL, um, just like the Lions. You know, in their history of the NFL. Um, we love the Lions. We love Dan. And who knows? Maybe one day you guys will shock us and uh, turn around and win a championship. I'm waiting for it. I'm rooting for you guys. And last one. One of our favorites. And that would be the Marvelous Llamas, a.k.a. Mikey Bosco. And his team's comparison would be the Houston Texans. Now, they've been a competitive team at one point, a couple times, but a total rebuild is currently happening. Texans are projected to have 12 picks, including two first-rounders in the next draft. Mikey is projected to have six top 30 picks, including three first-rounders in our next draft. God, I'm pumped for Tahoe. So pumped. So, yeah, that was uh, Tony's talking points. So, yeah, that's all I've got. Um, Just a quick... uh, 40, 40 minute podcast here. Uh, Andrew Skaggs should be back next week. We should have a guest next week as well. I'm thinking maybe uh, Air Blair for Thanksgiving. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed this. I know that I was coughing through some of it and I got Dan and Travis mixed up at one point. Um, but it's all love and respect. So everyone, have a great night and adios. <laughs>